Happy Saturday. Today, I'm excited to welcome you to episode 35 of Saturday Conversation. Today's episode, I pray, will be filled with encouragement and inspiration in Jesus' mighty name. Today, I had to bring on a guest that I've known for over two years, and I love how God has used her to establish the kingdom of God. Without further ado, please help me welcome to the conversation, Stephanie Bustamante. Stephanie, what's up? Hi, Ed. How you doing? Well, how are you? Good, good. Can you speak up a little bit? I can't even hear you. Like, speak up a little bit, all right? <laughs> Before we get into the topic, uh, can you just introduce yourself to people who don't know you? Sure. My name is Stephanie Bustamante. Um, I'm 35 years old. I've been a professional makeup artist for about 10 years, actually going on 11 years now. And that's all I have right now. <laughs> um, okay, that was so short. Uh, do you have any siblings? I do. I have uh, three siblings. I have two sisters and I have a brother. And I have two precious nephews. Um, thank, thanks to my brother. They are Jeremiah, who's three years old, and also Matthew, who's now seven months old. Well, that's awesome. I think that's all I'm going to get from you. So y'all see the title. Y'all see the topic. You know what we're talking about. We're talking about being a vessel for God. What I realized, Steph, is everyone, what I realized, Steph, is that God has called us to represent him on this earth. And we have to take this responsibility so serious. We just can't be moving any way we want to move. We have to be intentional with our words. We have to be intentional with our actions. We even have to be intentional with our thoughts because we might be the only Jesus people see on this earth. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 20 to 21 says, in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones are, are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you'll be a special utensil. In other versions, it says um, a special vessel. You will be a special utensil or vessel for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. So our goal through this conversation is to show you the importance of being a vessel for God. With that being said, Stephanie, my first question to you is, how was your upbringing? Thank you, Ed, uh, for that amazing question. Um, well, my upbringing, so I grew up Catholic. I grew up in Chicago. Chicago is my hometown, 100%. Um, and yeah, I grew up, I mean, I can't even say there is one place I really, I guess the majority of my life, I grew up in Pilsen. Um, I spent like 15 years there. And, but we were constantly moving throughout my childhood. Um, just all over the city and suburbs. Uh, so yeah, but I, I grew up Catholic, grew up with two parents who um, eventually when I was nine years old, they divorced, um, I had a stepmom and, um, and yeah. And so I grew up, like I said, I grew up Catholic because I think that's important. <laughs> Um, it's definitely not something that like led me to Christ. I think Holy Spirit just worked through different, through different things to really bring me to him. Um, but cause we were never really devout Catholics. We really, um, we went to church when 
we, it, it was a, a, on a need to basis. It wasn't um, something that we did regularly. And, and yeah, my, my parents, my, my dad is an immigrant from Mexico. He uh, traveled here back in the sixties and my mom, she's a first generation Mexican American woman. And they met here in Chicago and they had three beautiful children. My my extra sister, she's from, she's my half sister. So she's from the marriage that my dad had with, um, with my stepmom. And so, yeah, they met, they were really young. My mom was a teenager when she had me later on. I, I found out that she actually prayed for me when she was like 16 years old. I just like, what, why in the world would you ever do that? <laughs> but uh, she said that she really, she really wanted a family at the time. And, you know, in perfect circumstances, I see that God really blesses them. So, um, so she had a baby, she had me at 17. And, um, you know, I, I, I come from very humble beginnings, that's for sure. Uh, I won't go into too much detail on that. But uh, I definitely grew up with um, parents that really came from really nothing. And, um, and by that, I mean, like, even just like, not only financially, but um, just really broken homes. And so, yeah, they, and how did I get here right now? Well, um, I went to high school here in the city, Noble Street Charter High School it was the very first charter high school in the city at the time I, when I became a freshman at like, there was 200 kids in the class. Um, max, we had 400 kids um, in the high school. After that, I went to Northeastern Illinois University, which is a commuter, commuter college up Northwest in the city. I changed my major so many different times because I just didn't know, I didn't have a passion for anything to be quite honest. And I went from biology because I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician. <laughs> Is that what you, okay. <laughs> um, and then I went to, from biology, I went to English. From English, I went to elementary ed. From elementary ed, I went to sociology. And then at the very end, I dropped out to be a makeup artist because I <laughs> realized that I actually did have a uh, passion for makeup and for making people feel beautiful. And it was fun. It was something that I actually enjoyed doing and I realized I could start a career in this and that's what I started doing and I just couldn't believe um just that I was making money off of uh something that I enjoyed so much and yeah and so that led into just me freelancing for a company for a few years and working at a salon as a manager it was a a salon, like an esthetician salon. Um, and then after that, kind of just like went off and started doing my own thing, freelancing. And I do a lot of bridal work. I do a lot of event makeup, mostly bridal. Um, I've had a lot of experience um, with um, brides. And so that's really where my heart is. And that's where I, yeah, that's how I got here today so would you ever start your own makeup brand 
<laughs> I've been asked that several times throughout the years and I don't think so <laughs> only because as much as I love makeup, as, mu as much product um, as I own, that's not really where my heart is. My heart is more so in making women feel beautiful, um, not just on the outside, but more so on the inside and, and kind of giving them that perspective as opposed to the outer. So I just feel like product for me is just hasn't been something that I feel really, really pressed to, to do. Okay, so let's go deeper about your upbringing because you said um, you your parents got divorced. Did that take a toll on you? Because what I've heard is, um, you know, children who come from divorced homes, it does take a toll on them mentally, emotionally. So you want to um, dive deep into that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Initially, it didn't. Um, okay, so from the moment that my mom told me it was happening, I wasn't surprised. I kind of saw it coming just because of the constant back and forth fighting. And there was just really, I guess, um, not as much peace in the house. And I never saw that relationship with them being intimate in any kind of way. And so I didn't, I wasn't sad about that. What I was saddened about afterwards was the fact that my mom moved out of the house that we had, because we had a house in a suburb called Stickney. And, um, and so she moved out because she wanted to go back to school. She wanted to get her degree. She wanted to get her associates so that she could actually make more money at a different job. And it was just really difficult for me to lose my mother in that way because I was so attached to her since I was like a little girl and not so much to my dad, not that I didn't love him. I, I love him dearly, but there was much more of a connection with my mom. And so what was hard after that, I think it was like the aftermath that kind of made it more difficult because then my dad, he was like involved with um, this woman who was our babysitter and she had kids and then after that didn't work out he like went to Mexico to find a wife <laughs> my dad is a very traditional Mexican man like he's in his he's from another generation they do things way differently out there and so he went specifically to marry somebody to bring somebody back to take care of us my me and my sister and my brother and um, my dad used us a lot to hurt my mom in different ways and that in turn affected us and there's still a lot of like painful memories that kind of will come up that are just kind of hard I think now to process and I definitely feel th the effects of it as a as a grown woman and in just my different relationships you know in my life, I think it comes out sometimes. And that's where God has to <laughs> come in and like, and help me. But yeah, that, it affected me in that way. I, I also realized that for a very long time in my 20s, because now I'm in my mid 30s, I, I never saw myself getting married <clears throat> or having children because I, I never had a very good example of like what a healthy relationship or marriage looked like. Because even say past my mom and my dad, 
just even on my mom's side, the women, um, like my grandmother, my aunt, they've all like been in very like abusive, uh, just unhealthy relationships, divorce, married or, or divorce, or like kind of rejected and abandoned kind of, um, or putting up with like really like just bad, like physical, emotional, verbal abuse. And so for the longest time, I didn't think that I, I, I didn't, I, I kind of like pushed it away and it wasn't until I started to come into a closer, more intimate relationship with God that I realized I was pushing it away because I was so scared of never receiving it and, and never feeling really like worthy enough to, to have something like that and not knowing what it looked like either. Um, because I, I was never taught in any kind of way. Um, so yeah, those were the effect, the ripple effects of <laughs> the divorce. Thank you for sharing. So let's let's go a little bit deeper before we go to the second question, because um, second question is about identity. So I can only imagine, you know, your mom, your role model was taken away from you. And, you know, what happens is you try to form your identity to like your role model who's like pretty much the same gender as you. So with her being removed, what shaped your identity? What performed your identity during those formative years of, um, of your life? Um, that's a really great question, Ed. And I think that it, I, nothing healthy really shaped my identity. I think I became a lot more quiet. I was a very quiet girl, very shy little girl. And my teachers would always tell me Stephanie needs to come out of her shell. Stephanie needs to speak up a little bit louder. <laughs> and so I think that what shaped my identity at the time really was not knowing who I was. And so I had a, a lack of self-identity. I didn't know where I belonged because I was in a, so being like a lighter skinned Latina, I had, I've always had, I always had like identity issues growing up because when I was with the Latinos, I wasn't Latina enough. And then when I was with, um, uh, at all white schools, I, it's like, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I, I didn't fit in with them because I was so shy and introverted, but I, and I, so I wasn't accepted by them. And then even more so was I rejected when like, they found out that I was Mexican. Cause it was just like this whole thing, like people just, you know, just kind of like, I don't even know, they lost it or something as if it was like the craziest thing they had ever heard or whatever. So they didn't know your last name or did you go by a different last name? But here's the thing is that Bustamante, because it ends with an E, it could also be um, passed for an Italian last name. So people can say Bustamani. And so people don't affiliate that with a very common, it's not a common Hispanic last name. Um, it's very, very much like European, like um, Spain, from Spain. So they didn't, they didn't put two and two together. <laughs> But so, so what happened was I kind of lost my identity. I kind of didn't really know who I was. I didn't really, I didn't want to be who I was anyway. And, and I kind of always wanted to be a chameleon and whatever people wanted me to be, I kind of just like, just transformed into that. And so I grew up just like, kind of like rejecting myself. And I don't know if that's a good, clear enough answer, but that's the answer that's coming up right now. No, that's good because I want to, 
I'll probably we're gonna get to the same question, but you just keep saying stuff that keeps sparking my my questions. Yeah. So, because I dealt with this like a form of bullying, for, form of rejection, it did not help me out when I went to college. So how did your college years go? Because I knew I was just doing stuff so I could just get the acceptance of people. And then my value and my identity was me getting affirmation from other people. So did you have to go through that also? Since, you know, you, you didn't really know your identity? Yeah. Well, I think when I hit college, I specifically remember thinking, you know what? I really like that I'm different. I like that I, that people don't know what I am and, and that they're surprised by it. And I kind of started to just accept it uh, for the first time ever. And I don't know what it was that sparked that. It could be that in college, you, you don't have to deal with the whole high school thing or like the elementary school thing. Not that it doesn't, it doesn't happen, right? Not that bullying doesn't happen when you're an adult or a young adult. But um, I think at that time, I just, I started to accept me for me and I started to really love myself. And I actually had a moment where I, I look back at it now when I was 19 and, and I see it as the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I, I never, like, again, I didn't have an intimate relationship with God at the time. And I think I stopped praying because, you know, as Catholics, like you're told to pray certain prayers, Hail Marys, and, and also you. I said the same prayer for like, uh, I think like 18 years of my life right before bed. And it was like a rehearsed prayer that I would say, but, um, I think I stopped praying after that. And, <clears throat> and so, but I had this moment where I was kind of looking at myself in the mirror, 19 years old in my bathroom. And I just, I had this moment of reflection where I thought, why did I have to go through so many years of hating myself? Because I really did like hate myself. I hated the way that I looked. I hated my eye color. I hated my skin color. I didn't even, there was a point in high school where I wouldn't even, I would go into the bathroom. I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror because every time I saw myself, I saw what I hated, like staring back at me. And so, there was just a lot of self-rejection, you know? And so, and in this moment of reflection, these thoughts are going through my mind, like of, of how much, like, I just, I just didn't want to be me and wanted to be someone completely different. Cause I thought my life would be happier and better because people would accept me and, and love me even more. So, um, and I just knew something told me and it wasn't an audible voice right it wasn't but it was just like this response that came into my ear and I said why did I have to go through all of that and I heard to help other women feel beautiful wow that's so good yeah it, it was amazing it was a very profound moment but of course being 19 I was just like oh okay <laughs> and I just kind of like didn't <laughs> <laughs> keeping it real <laughs> I didn't know what to do with it you know I didn't know who that was I thought it was me responding to me I didn't I just but I but I knew I wanted him I wanted women to feel you know beautiful on their own skin no matter what skin color they were no matter what body type or anything like that but it wasn't until years later that I I really fell in love with like makeup and just the, the art of it um and, and all that um, I've always been 
honestly like more artistically inclined anyway with like paintings and drawings and stuff but I never I never stumbled I stumbled upon makeup um just one year in my early 20s so can you draw I can draw yeah okay yeah I've done I haven't drawn in a really long time um but I've done like charcoal um just re regular pencil drawing a lot of like shading and graphing and um I've painted um I loved art art was like a really just like a joy for me yeah was that like was that something you used like to um to comfort yourself was drawing you know how like some people bake some people work out was for you was it drawing or um, I think so. I think it was definitely a source of comfort. It also came so naturally to me because my um, my mom's side of the family, they're artistically inclined too. And um, and so it just came naturally and I thought, oh, wow, I'm like actually good at this. And so you just, I don't know, there's a sense, there's like a happiness that comes out of it and a kick that comes out of it when you're like, oh, I can actually like recreate that. I can draw it out and I can see a picture and like just you know do it freehanded and I was just like whoa I'm so impressed with myself <laughs> it started off with um Winnie the Pooh drawings <laughs> in high school because you know Winnie the Pooh back then was like he was you know the thing so you draw Tigger Winnie the Pooh write someone's name in bubble letters and you're like oh my gosh you're so awesome can you do one for me and it was just like this <laughs> this whole thing did you start charging for it I didn't know. Right. I, I feel like that could be your first business. Well, <laughs> well, see, I don't think I needed more hot chip money. I like I don't think that would have been good for me. But I, I felt like it was helping my social status because some of the popular kids wanted a drawing from me. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. I, I I'll let that one go, but hey, next time you better charge, get some money, you know. <laughs> so so my next question to you is what was the process like when you were discovering your identity in Christ? Cause you talk about when you were growing up, your identity of yourself was warped. So what was the process like when you were discovering your identity in Christ? Yeah. So, well, before I go into that, I do want to mention that after getting into the makeup business, um, cause my first job was at Sephora and I'm very grateful for that place. Like, they trained me. They honestly really helped me get to where I'm at now in my skills and knowledge and all of that. Um, and they really helped fuel like my passion. However, um, what started happening is the more I got just immersed in the beauty world and products and it's just, you know, it, it really, it really kind of like created this like superficial lens and and that's all I cared about and my needs were and my desires it was like these insatiable needs and desires to have certain products and to look a certain way and there was even one point where it's like I was doing so much wing liner that I'm like anytime I didn't do a wing liner and do you know what that is like it's eyeliner yeah okay anyway anytime I didn't it's do like it, a wing is like the, the line goes further yeah. than so anytime I didn't do that like <laughs> I felt so ugly and I felt like, oh my gosh. And it was just like warping my self-image again. <laughs> and, and also 
I, I think the things that I valued were very materialistic, very superficial. Um, as I started to become like way, uh, very vain and um, self-involved and also competitive too, because, you know, you're working in the sales world and every, if everything is about numbers and um, you see people as like walking numbers as opposed to like people. So that really, that along with, of course, my YouTube that I launched uh, in my early 20s based on makeup, how-tos, and just everything about makeup um, and fashion and all that, uh, that kind of like, I, it was like I was digging a grave <laughs> for myself, not knowing, not knowing that I was doing that because it, it just kept, it was just so self-involved and, and again, materialistic, superficial and all of that. So the process from that to Jesus and now, because I do have still appreciation for makeup, clearly. It's like I'm wearing it now <laughs> for good reason too. Um, and Stop it. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but um, <laughs> I, I told you before we got on here, I'm like, this is the original filter, like is makeup. <laughs> it is. Um, and some of the stuff that makeup does, to, I'm like, that's a straight lying. That's a that's a lie from the from the pits of hell. That is not how you look. That's, <laughs> it just enhances your features. That's what makeup is supposed to do, right? Because enhance. Some, some take it too far. No, I agree. Some take it too far where it's like a completely different person. Like you're deceiving me now. You're not even enhancing anything. You're just <laughs> deceiving. <laughs> but. Yeah, so from from that to Jesus now, um, oh man, he had to really like strip off the layers, you know? He had to really show, like break everything in my world that I felt like was my security and felt like were the examples of what success really is. And um he just had to like completely shatter all of that for me and it, and it, that's what it felt like it felt like a shattering and I felt like what is this world like it was as if I was seeing it within like just um with a brand new set of eyes and 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 seeing myself too and realizing that oh my gosh everything that I valued everything that I um I felt like I had to get to or look like is all like it's all leading me down a path of destruction and I feel empty like I felt I really felt empty I felt like I didn't know I didn't know I didn't know myself and it, it was through my relationship with Jesus that I had to discover who I really who I really am and, and it was a cleansing. It was, it felt like a cleansing for me and like a purification. I felt like he was making me hate all the things that I once loved and, and kind of like hungry and thirsty for the things that only he could give me. And I felt finally, I felt like I was like filled and I felt like I, I had purpose and I felt like, um, like I, I had peace and contentment in just being his his daughter for the first time i never had felt that before but yeah wow that is so good so how did it shift because i know sometimes when you because you say you're chasing over the after the mirror mirror to list 
how you say it? materialistic yes there you go you know english major a biology major give me some formulas i got you words eh. <laughs> so how did you change your focus because you know when you start a youtube channel sometimes you just do it for like the likes and the clicks and the subscriptions did you ever fall into that that pit yes of course I okay did. so how did you get out of it how did i get out of it um you did get out of it right you know what? Yes, I did get out of it. There are times that you kind of revert back and you have to snap back into like the reality of things, right? <laughs> because we're human, we're human. And I know I find myself, you know, doing that sometimes where I'm like, oh, only these many people viewed it, or why is no one paying attention to this? This is really good stuff. And um, but that's when I have to be like, okay, God, I'm doing this for you. I'm not doing this for people for popularity reasons or to be trending or anything like that but yeah I mean social media in general can really pull you into that hole it's it's inevitable if that's all you focus on and so at the time because I was so young and I didn't have an anchor in of security or like purpose or anything in my life that was my security that was my affirmation that came from all of the the subscribers that I had and and all the likes all the comments you know, all of that, all of my security information came from that. And so I, I really, I did get sucked into that. And then, um, and yeah, and so the more, um, honestly, the more I came to know Christ, the less that was important to me, the less, um, the less of a need I felt to feel validated by that. And also the less I, uh, bought with my money because I was constantly spending my money on, on makeup and I, I described it earlier as an insatiable need to have something like an actual product and it's like your life isn't right unless you get it and once you get it I feel like the value just kind of completely like <laughs> reduces and you forget about it and it's no longer a need in your life and you're like oh my gosh I remember when I like couldn't sleep because I didn't have this but um but yeah, so, um, so the more I started doing things and now my, my content started becoming something completely different. And now I was like focusing more on like uh, more of a self-development uh, focus and perspective and doing things more so to glorify God and to show people that Jesus is real, Jesus is King. And so my content started changing and you lose people, but then you gain people. And there have been people who have been with me and I'm, I'm saying like followers who don't know me in, in real life that have been with me since I was in like my 20, in my early twenties. And they've seen the transformation over the years, like 70, you know, I've left those videos up there for a reason. I'm like, I'm embarrassed by some of them because I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I wore that or like I said that. <laughs> <laughs> but I left it up there because, you know, that was me at the time. And now I'm in a completely different place. And they're the people that are meant to see that transformation and not just like be like, I miss the old you, but instead see it and be like, wow, like God really has changed your life. And because of that, that makes me want to get closer to God and who, know who he is. Um, but 
but yeah, so Jesus kind of just pulls you out of that. He kind of restructures everything in your mind. And, and that's what happened with me. And so I started to do things more for, um, to please him and more for my own enjoyment and my own authentic self. I wasn't, I've never been ashamed of loving Jesus, of posting about him or anything, because I really, I felt like I had such a, a huge encounter with him. And I just felt like such an immense amount of love, not only pouring into me, but pouring out of me when, when I felt like he revealed himself to me. And so when you love somebody and you're in love, you can't hide that from the world. You know, you, you want to declare it from like the mountaintops. You want everyone to see how incredible this person is and how much they mean to you. And it's the same thing with Jesus, you know, I'm getting emotional talking about it, but, but I feel like that has been my motivating factor to, uh, to, until this day, you know, even the times where I feel like I don't believe in myself, what pulls me back into doing what I'm doing diligently is the fact that I love, I do, I love God um, with all of my heart. And he is, he's like the reason why like I'm even the woman that I am today. Cause I could have, I could be in a completely different place, you know, and feel so unhappy and feel just sad and um, feel just unfulfilled. And, and, and he's given me purpose beyond um, the posts, beyond like the likes, beyond the views, all of that. Um, Because all of those are very shallow and they don't, they, they, they bring you happiness in that moment and the, there's that adrenaline rush, but all that fades away after a while. You know, it's just a feel, it's just a feeling. But when you have actual fulfillment and purpose in what God has called you to do in this life, that helps you, that sustains you through even the hardest seasons, even in the seasons where you don't believe in yourself and, and the enemy is coming in hard for you. That, that is what pulls you through it. It's not the, the amount of people that, that, love your content or like in, are engaged in in everything that you post that is so good because there are people that are like they're they call fair weather friends mm-hmm. like when everything's good they're there for you but when everything's bad like there's nowhere to be found like where are you you just hear crickets <laughs> <laughs> yeah so did you get like a backlash from like your subscribers who like who followed you because of the makeup content then you switched it up and did like started talking about jesus more and now you know what I can't, I'm going to go on a little rant. What I can't stand is people, how they want to dictate to you, like how you should run your channel or like how you want, like if you really feel this strong, by all means, start your own channel. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is the channel I believe the Lord gave me, the words I put here, the videos I put, I believe the Lord gave me to do it. So I don't know why you have to give me your opinion or it's just, it's like, and I'm just starting off and I'm seeing some random, like who told you to put that there? You know what? God bless you. That's I want, I'm not going to respond because I don't want to. But even like I like even negative comments because you want to know why? Because the algorithm will push it up because you comment whatever you comment. It's like, well, it's being interacted with. Let's shoot it up the algorithm. So yeah. I ain't tripping, but it's just crazy how people, they feel the need to put their opinion on people's comment section. But if I saw you face to face, you have nothing to say. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the hi- they hide behind the smile. Um, yeah, and it's, it's crazy because I and even the people who are 
who are who will talk crazy won't have their real profile picture on. It'd be some random anime picture, like really, bro. Like <laughs> I, I, that's enough, you know. <laughs> but yeah, go on, Steph. What were you saying? Those are the trolls. They don't they don't like to show their face. <laughs> they just they just want their voices to be heard, <laughs> but they don't want to be detected in any kind of way. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> but you know. Um, I, I have had that happen over the years where people um, have, I mean, there was one comment that I just had to laugh at because I was just like, I don't agree with that, but it's funny. Someone's like, I miss your old ratchet self. And I was just like, that's great that you do because I don't. <laughs> I was a hot mess back then. But um, you should make a shirt that says <laughs> ratchet to righteous. Right. And then- <laughs> one maybe whoever is listening to this and they're having like i don't know a faith-based like t-shirt line idea they can take that <laughs> and just no I, I i just want two percent of it and then you know stephanie can have one percent of it oh that's then- <laughs> you, can have, you can have it how about that <laughs> <laughs> no yeah um i've had comments like that but and those comments don't hurt me they just kind of make me laugh because I'm just like, if you only knew how bad I was, like internally, my heart was just bad. My my mind was in, in a terrible place. Um, but then I think the comments that really kind of, I have to like call on the Holy Spirit and pray about are comments from people who are Christians, actually. Um, I, I knew you were going to say that. I knew it because it's just, it is his different. Like we're supposed to be in the same family. You just... Yeah, is this how you speak to your family? Well, I guess, you know, sometimes we Well, not in public. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I, some of the ones that I'm thinking about were DMs, and it's just people just judging and criticizing me and, like, what I'm doing or how I'm, I'm not doing something right, the right way, and I feel like, it comes more out of criticism as opposed to really encouragement in like helping like teach me because I'm open to be taught like I know I don't know everything I I've gained wisdom over the years but I haven't reached like the mountain peak of wisdom and you know I'm this all-knowing guru so I'm open to being um to teaching but it's just in the way that you deliver it and I feel like people can be so self-righteous as Christians because um, you know, Satan works in everybody. <laughs> he can, if we don't check our hearts and we don't humble ourselves. And, and you can give somebody good feedback, feedback that's gonna that's gonna help them in, as a woman or a man of God. But it's in the way that you deliver it. And also, you have to pray and ask the Lord, like, what are my intentions in saying this right now? And I think a lot of people don't do that. A lot of Christians don't do that. And so that's when it becomes really hurtful. And where I'm like, how do I respond to them where I'm not projecting what, or I'm not reflecting what they've already projected onto me. And I am not stooping to that level, but instead I'm doing things the way that God would want me to do things and handle them. Right. Because at the end of the day, people are going to even like small things like that, say that's like a hidden DM or something your character is going to reflect how you respond to that person. So if you're just as petty as they are, like, what is that going to say about you? That doesn't make you any different than, than them or anybody else on this platform. 
And, and so I have to think about that too, because I'm like, I don't want anyone to ever have to like be able to say, or have the ammo to say, like, this is the way she treated me. Yet she is like posting all of these things about being got, kind and forgiving and all this stuff. And That's she's just like actually acting on it. So yeah. even in the private moments, I'm like, God help me reflect your character because right now I do want to be petty and, and people, I mean, I think like people also think that I'm like super nice all the time and I just don't have a mean bone in my body, but I can be just as petty as anybody else. I just sometimes don't say it out loud. <laughs> I internalize she, it. She thinks about it. I think about it. Yeah. I'm like, God help me. <laughs> this is why I need you, Jesus. <laughs> but that, that is so good though. Cause we have, we have all the opportunity to be petty, to get even, and we know what to say to, you know, to hurt, to, to stab that, put that knife in and twist it a little bit. Yeah. But then, you know, once you give your life fully to Jesus and you in obedience to the Holy Spirit, once you say it, that conviction is going to suck. So you're like, I'd rather not deal with the conviction. I'm just going to let it roll out. You know, you, you got you got this one off, but we're going to meet again. It doesn't know that we're going to meet again. But that conviction, I'd rather not deal with this. I just don't say anything. Well, you know, um, one thing that... <laughs> I heard T.D. Jake say one time is that people who contend against you, you should see them more as a sparring partner and it helps like sharpen you. And, and I feel like in moments like that, even though they're challenging emotionally and mentally and spiritually, um, I find it as such a good opportunity to be sharpened as a woman because I genuinely want to love people. Like I, I really want to love people despite how they treat me, despite what they say about me. Um, despite like some people, man, like it's like hugging a porcupine sometimes, you know, like it, it really is. And, <laughs> and it's not, I don't think it's their fault. I think it's the hurt that they've, you know, that they've gone through in their lives. But even people like that, God calls us to love them and to respect them and to treat them with kindness. And so if we're never, if we never encounter people like that, especially that are Christians, um, how then can we love people like Jesus if we just encounter people that are just always pleasant and they're always affirming and they're always encouraging and they're just so, they're like a big teddy bear. You can just love on them. It, that's easy, but it's, it's way harder to you know really genuinely love people I'm, I'm trying to get to that point and and I find it that through comments like that through you know actual like um, interactions with people you know in church or wherever like I feel like um you know that it's I've encountered many sparring partners and that's how I have to see them it's like we're not against each other we're just helping each other out right now and we're teaching each other something right now. And so I feel like that perspective has been helping me. <laughs> well, that's a good perspective to have. Yeah. So you see like, even though they're coming for me, they're really helping me. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to take things personal when, mm -hmm. when your perspective is so narrow. When you have a broader perspective, like a wider perspective, you know, kind of like from an aerial point of view, it's like, God, help me focus on like what's bigger around me as opposed to, you know, um, and, and it's hard when, when you don't realize that, you know, people, anybody that says anything negative or nasty 
are discouraging or acts a certain way that's that um that pushes you away more it's not about you it's always about them it's always about what they've gone through what they've experienced people are going to treat you the way that other people have treated them sometimes or spoken to them how they were raised all of that and so I have to remember that too it's just like okay I didn't do anything wrong here to offend you yet you're trying to offend me and hurt me the offense isn't towards me this is a reflection of like what's in your heart and what's in your mind and so I can't take that personal and so when you you take a step back and you just like remove yourself from that situation and just really and and sometimes you know that comes through prayer like praying for that person understanding will come through that holy spirit will you know tell you something and and then your perspective about that person is um altered um and you feel more peace with them so yeah i mean that's why jesus tells us to pray for our enemies because mm-hmm. yeah. maybe the, even our enemies need transformation oh 100 percent. yeah i mean he came for the broken and the hurting and the people that are sick and it's just not not only physically sick but people who are sick in their hearts and we're all sick at heart all i still have you know heart sickness inside of me i i can feel it come up sometimes i can hear it sometimes in what i say um but but yeah so it's a challenge but it's a good challenge (laughs) And you know, when you're challenged, you grow. Exactly. Don't don't expect to grow if you're not challenged. Right. Yeah. Can't stay stagnant in the same place. Ah, uh, then 15 years gone by, then you start being frustrated because you're in the same place you were 15 years ago. You're like, uh. yeah. And it's just like, yeah, you're the same person. You're the same exact person, and you've gotten, you haven't gotten closer to being more like Christ. The beautiful thing, though, is that God can even redeem those years when you have a change of heart. Yeah, I I, I agree 100%. Yeah. And we have to fully surrender to Jesus, like everything that is ours. And let's just go to the third question. I want to expand it a little bit. You know, how did you allow the Holy Spirit to not only purify your, your view of yourself, but also purify your actions your thoughts and your words. Cause you know, when you're a ratchet, as that, that subscriber said, when you're ratchet, you probably weren't, you just, you know, flip it with your words, flip it with your actions. You, you didn't care. So how did you allow the Holy Spirit to purify all of you? Yeah. Well, I think, so my journey with God started as a relationship with God, right? So the more I learned about him, the more I learned about what he calls me, um, the more I learned about how much he adores me and loves me. It's almost like when you're in a relationship and that person helps you be a better person because they're an extraordinary person. And so with God, I feel like the more I I dove into relationship with him, the more like my heart just started to change. And the more I felt like, you know what? I don't have to swear to sound cool or, and I don't know if that was, I haven't 
done that much self-reflection where I'm like, why did I start swearing? Well, I think it was just a part of my life, honestly, as a kid, like growing up and all that, like there, <laughs> there's no censoring around us or anything like that. Um, but, but yeah, so with that, I think God just started to, I just, I think my, my perspective of what kind of woman I wanted to be was elevated. And I realized that all of the dorky, nerdy things, for example, not swearing, um, being kind and all that, because the world doesn't see, I mean, most of the, my world at the time didn't see that as like something that was cool or anybody aspired to be, right? It was always just kind of like, you know, do you um, and, and, and let everything benefit you. And, you know, people were constantly cussing and, and women just, you know, being over-sexual, like was a thing because like, well, if I'm desired sexually, that means like, I'm a beautiful woman. And, and I like you said, was a thing. It's, it's still a thing. We'll continue. No, you said, you said, was a thing. I was like, no, it's still a thing. Wait, what was it? Because <laughs> you said women being oversexual is it was a thing. Oh, no, yeah. it's, it's well, still. I meant like in my my. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> no, 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 okay. no. It's still a thing. No, yeah. I meant like in my own mentality at the time. Yeah, it yeah. Was just like I was taught, like if you were if you're sexually desirable to men, that means that you're beautiful and you're attractive and you're just like you know these knees or whatever. But but anyway, so like the more, I feel like the, the deeper I got into a relationship with God, as I was saying, like, the more he purified my mind and my heart, and, and he purified the desires I had for myself, and the goals I had for myself, and what I thought was attractive, so now, it wasn't attractive for me to, like, cuss, it's, it still isn't attractive, sometimes it slips out, like, if I, like, stub my toe, and I'm like, ooh, okay, like, God, <laughs> let's work on this because even in moments like that, I don't want to like go to a swear word or so it's just like certain things were very unattractive. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Shallow Hal. So it's a movie with Jack Black and the funny thing, Jack Black, you know, is this average, you know, looking guy and funny and whatever, but he, in his movie, he's very, very shallow. And so he is always going after the hot girls in the club and the girls that are like way out of his league, you know, model-esque kind of girls. And so um, he, he doesn't really desire anything like very, you know, uh, like valuable in a woman. He doesn't see like, is she a beautiful person on the inside? Is she a kind person? You know, does she have really good morals and values? He doesn't see any of that. Um, so then there's this, I Tony I think this is Tony Robbins he comes in as this like love guru or whatever and he like totally changes his life because he says like some sort of like little spell on him and he's like I'm gonna change your perspective on women and anyway after that he like comes out of it and he finds these beautiful women and he finds them one's in a cab with him another he sees on another street and there's a, they're, they're beautiful women models right he doesn't realize that they're not beautiful he sees them as what they are it's like a reflection from the inside and the outside so it's like a mirage for him so anyway 
that it alters his perspective because he like he falls in love with somebody um at the end of the this woman <clears throat> who's Gwyneth Paltrow and um he falls in love with her and he sees this beautiful woman Gwyneth Paltrow but re in reality she looks the complete opposite and and he realizes that after the spell has been broken but he realizes then at the end that he really loves her for her and he finds her beautiful so anyway I felt like that's what God did with me <laughs> where he like shifted everything where it was like everything that I found that was attractive was absolutely ugly and everything that I found was not attractive was beautiful and I wanted that and I think as women we want to feel beautiful and we want to project that kind of beauty and um and there's something so profound and like deep and just one of a kind when a woman of God projects the beauty of Christ. Like you can see it. You can see it in her eyes. You can see it in her face. You can hear it in her voice and the way that she speaks to people and the way she speaks to people that um, aren't in her face, you know, behind, you know, behind closed doors. You can see that. And that's what I knew I wanted to be. That's what I, that's what I knew I, I needed. Um, and I didn't want to, it was like, it was no longer like, what, what is the most attractive in trending, sorry, in trending lipstick color at this moment, it was instead like, God help me be more of a gentle person, um, help me navigate really hard conversations where the person feels safe and loved despite our differences or our disagreements or anything. So things like that, it was like, I, it, it was, it was just a total Holy Spirit transformation. And it's been a process, right? I've been a Christian for um, nine years, I think now. So it's, it's been a, a journey, um, but it, it's, it was, it's been, it's so refreshing. It was a refreshing, it's as if for the first time ever, like I, um, I dip myself into like this holy water or something. I don't know how to describe it, but it, it feels refreshing. It's as if it, like, like being in the desert for so long and then all of a sudden you, you find this beautiful waterfall and, and this pool of water and it's so crystal clean and blue and pure and you get to dive into it and you get to drink from it. And it, that's how it feels. Um, and you don't realize how, how vain and shallow and materialistic your life is or how unfulfilled it is until you see that, until God shows it to you and he reveals it to you, which is why so many people are still stuck in that. That is so true because um, what happens is you will have options, but you don't know what options you have until it's presented to you. So when, as humans, as our fallen nature, we just think that being vain and being shallow is our only option. But here comes the Holy Spirit saying, no, there's another option, a better option, a more everlasting option you can pick. You don't have to pick shallow. You can pick sanctified. You don't have to pick vain. You can pick values, you know? So that's the things you just got to look at. And when the Holy Spirit comes, and I love what you said, you gave the Holy Spirit permission to transform your life. Because the Holy Spirit... You know, he's a gentleman. He is God, the Holy Spirit, but he ain't just going to wreck your life. 
<laughs> unless you go way too far, then he might have to like step in and do some things. But you know, he won't wreck your life because he give he gives us free will. So I just love how you gave him permission. And then when you talk about how you look into the heart, is like when um Samuel went to go anoint David before he anointed David, he uh, anointed his big brother. And he's like, no, oh, this guy's tall. He's a warrior. He looks like a king. And God's like, no, I reject him. Don't look at his appearance. Look at his heart. And I think sometimes we have to just ask God, like, when we start looking for, let's go down this, let's go down this trail. When we start looking for a future spouse, yes, I understand that they may look good on a Christmas card. They may look good on a, on an Instagram post. But would they be the one helping you up? Would they be the one encouraging you? Would, would they be the one who's going to help you through the difficult times? Because when ha what happens, Stephanie, is when God's calling is on your life, you need people that's going to uplift you. You're going to need people that will encourage you. When you can't tell your problems to other people, you need your spouse who's just not in it for the good times, who's just not in it just to be vain. Oh, I don't care what you're going through. Can I get these new shoes? I don't care what you're going through. Can I get, you know what I mean? So you just have to have, you have to have, Lord, Yes, I know. Don't get wrong. You have to marry someone you're attracted to. You got to, you know, want to make out with the person. God, goodness gracious, you know, <laughs> but you, but attractiveness will fade. But their heart is what's going to that's going to stay forever. You know what I mean? So I, I agree with you. You got to look at the heart because so many people, they like, oh, they look good. Then after like the wedding night, it's like, well, what did I get myself into? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. 100%. And, and um, you know, a few years ago, I was reflecting back on, on my heart back when I, before I knew Jesus. And I thought, man, if, if my heart, if I could actually wear my heart on the outside at the time and my mind in the way that I was just like thinking about myself, about other people, how I was responding and reacting to things. Yeah, I might have looked really pretty on camera, like putting on my makeup and all that, but I was not a very beautiful person on the inside um, at all, at, at all. And I, but I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. And different world. Yeah, it's, it's, what, what's the, is it a proverb saying um, looks are deceiving or looks are fleeting or something like that? there you go you you know it <laughs> so we just got to realize and this is my gripe with women women of god so here here i go and then you can you can combat if you want I'm going to yeah i'm, I'm gonna stand up this is <laughs> women of god not i'm generalizing but it's like probably like a small sack they're always chasing over after men of god but they're not a woman of god if that makes sense. They're chasing after a man who's on fire for Jesus, but they're not on fire for Jesus. Mm. So why are we why are we doing these things? And now you you make your rebuttal about the men because I know it's coming. Go go <laughs> ahead, go ahead. Well, I mean, I can agree with you to a certain extent. I think that when it comes to like um, godly women, there's a lot of godly women. Uh, that 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 love Jesus and they want to know their purpose in the kingdom of God and all of that. I think what happens is sometimes it, you thirst too much for you thirst too much for like the the tangible man, <laughs> and, and you lose sight of like the God, you know, the Jesus that you should be 
pursuing. So, so I, I mean, I think there are a lot of beautiful women and a lot of men that are very underprepared and scared and <laughs> talk about it. Hey, hey, talk about it. Hey. <laughs> and men who aren't like, don't have accountability partners and who are either not pursuing and diving into deep waters with, with God in pursuing and pursuing the woman. Um, and also I think that there are men who just see everybody as their wife and they're, they're, you know, the Lord told me you're going to be my wife. The Lord told me you're going to be my wife. The Lord told me, the Lord, how many times the Lord going to tell you? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, yeah, there'd be like multiple women married to the same guy. Um, but so, so I think maybe it's just the women that I'm surrounded by. But I believe that there's, <laughs> I think it's more so the men. <laughs> and, and, and it's more so because I feel like the enemy is really attacking that the sanctification of marriage and the, um, and men are supposed to be the leads, you know, they're the leaders of the household. Um, and, and I 100% believe that in the healthiest way possible that God tells us to, you know, why he says that. Um, because I know that there's mutual respect. I know that, you know, it's not just like it's my way and I'm not going to respect or consider your opinion as, you know, the wife or anything like that. Um, but I, I can't help but see that there's such a, a huge attack on that. And, and I think a lot of it starts with the men. Um, and I've seen a lot of men that are very, very afraid of marriage that are very, very afraid of commitment, that are afraid of, you know, and, and or not knowing how to pursue in the best way possible. What do you do to lead up to the pursuit? Are you considering her her season? Do you know where she's at with God right now? Do you know if she's even open to being pursued? Maybe she's in a healing season with Jesus. Um, and so that's my perspective, my perspective as a woman and what I've, I've witnessed, what I've heard, um, things that I've experienced. And it's, you know, it's very, it's hard. There's a lot more women these days saying in like, I'm not even exaggerating by this with this, but a lot more women saying, you know what, they feel so like discouraged by that dating pool that it's just like, you know, I think I'm just, I'll be okay. I'm going to be a single mother. I'm going to adopt. I'm going to have, you know, in vitro and just have my baby. And they, because it's just like, where are the men that are fear, that are fearless? You know, where are the men that are going to be passionate in not only pursuing the call of God in their life, but also passionate in pursuing that woman and committing to that person? Um because like you said, you said earlier, didn't you say earlier? Maybe I'm making this up. It could be my brain fog right now. But, <laughs> you know, you, you choose. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a love through every season, right? It's a commitment through every season, no matter what the season looks like. And, and it's not to say like, everything's going to be perfect and you're going to do all things perfectly as a man, or I'm going to do all things perfectly as a woman, but it's commitment to love no matter what. 
and choose that person no matter what. And so anyway, I, I, it could be just the group of women that I, that I've, I'm surrounded with, or that I've encountered over the past years. Um, you have a totally different perspective as a man and I respect it, you know, because there's two sides to everything. I don't know what men have experienced in the church and dating women in the church. I'm not saying that there isn't women that like are like pursuing a godly man, but aren't really, you know, spending or practicing, um, healthy habits of, you know, of, being in intimacy with Jesus and, and all that there could there, I'm sure that there is. Um, but again, there's two sides to everything. And I do believe that there's a, a really big attack in, you know, our generation in the, in the younger generations and all of that. <sighs> yeah. That is so good. And I'm, I'm going to go down a topic that I didn't tell you about. So we're just going to flow. Okay. I think the one thing that is destroying men and women, like the way they look at, at themselves, the way they look at the opposite sex is the word that starts with a P and ends with an N. P, wait, say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I wasn't trying to get in trouble, but I'm just gonna say it anyways. I think the thing that's warping people's minds mm -hmm. is porn. Oh, okay. You know, P, you know, well, over no. her head. Sorry, but, no, 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 it's only because <laughs> it's never been a thing, like a concern or anything in my world that just, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, yeah. So what I realized is like we, let me talk from the man's perspective, we expect this woman to look like this, do this, do that, even though the woman that you see on the screen has had so much work done, but now, you, now you're trying to equate this woman to the woman that you have fantasized about on the screen. And now for, I don't know how it is for women, but maybe they have the same thing. Like I got to live up to the standards of this woman that is on the screen. And I don't think I will ever live up to those standards. So I'm just not even going to try to do anything. Even though, hey, what Steph and I is telling you, you shouldn't have any sexual activity till you get married. Till you say, I do. That's what we're saying. Don't get the game twisted. Till you say, I do to Mr. or Mrs. Y'all shouldn't do anything like that. And stop watching porn. Porn is messing up your mind. So, you know, so you got to let them know before they click this little thing. Like, Edward said, it's okay. Edward did not say anything like that. So, <laughs> thought you should know. But I think that's the thing that's really messing up. Because you said the enemy's really attacking relationships. And I think that's what it is. He's attacking this generation, the generation before, the generation after us, with this, this pretty much demonic thing. That's why I would call it. It's demonic. The people in it, they're not demonic. They're just being used. But I, this whole industry is a demonic thing. And as you know, I don't know if you know this, but... Porn leads to also go to human trafficking. And, and, and it's just a little funnel channel thing that keeps going. And like, we just gotta, we gotta stand in the gap for the people who are in the industry. We gotta pray that God will shut down the industry because I really believe that relationship is, relationships are important to God. The first thing after he made Adam, he said, well, it's not good for man to be alone. So let me give him a wife, name, name him Eve. And then the family happened. So I think families are important to God in the way the enemy will attack the families through, I truly believe it's through porn. So I think we just have to, we have to stand and get for people who are in the industry and people who are watching it do not fund these people. <laughs> like, you don't understand. Like, if you look at the back room, like the person you're watching is probably trafficked. So stop watching it. Ask the Holy Spirit for discipline. Because you said, how does this have to do with the question? We talk about how the Holy Spirit can prove our actions. 
When you watch porn, it's not purifying at all. So you have to ask the Holy Spirit, give me discipline to, to phase through this, this temptation. Because right now, I'm telling you, porn is destroying families. Porn is destroying uh, aspirations. Porn is destroying destinies. Porn is um, destroying, like, your brain. It's, it's like the way your brain is set up when you watch porn is just, it's crazy. So so you said, how, how, did, how did we get here? Because we, I asked Stephanie, how did she allow the Holy Spirit to purify her actions? And Stephanie, you want to piggyback on that? You can go. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm sure there are women that struggle with porn um, addictions. So I know that I haven't, I haven't met anybody and that hasn't been like a, like a, a struggle that I've even um, had experience with in speaking to other women or anything like that. Um, I can see from a man's perspective though, because I think a lot of it is directed towards men and their desires and, you know, their flesh and all of that. So, and I can see how it affects women too. Just again, that whole, like you're desirable if you're sexually desirable by a man and that's it. And if he doesn't, you know, desire you in that way, then you're not attractive. You're not beautiful to him. You're not worthy enough to him. He's not going to choose you. Um, so, so yeah. So I just feel like, um, uh, yeah, so I mean, I can see how it can really destroy like the family and the household and all of that. Um, and even how it can be like a detriment to single men who do want a godly wife, you know, who want all of that. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. And, and, and I agree, it definitely plays into human trafficking, sex trafficking, especially with children too. And the way that they make grown women look like little girls in all of that stuff. It's, it's, it's really sick. Um, and then but, it can warp the mind to like having, I don't know how we get, but we're going deeper. It will start yeah. to warp the mind for people to start doing pedophilia stuff. Like now they're attracted to children because of the point is it's, it's so demonic. Like it's, it's so, so bad. Sorry to cut you off. Continue, Stephanie. Oh no, I agree. I think that's why. I think that's all I had to say about that. But yeah, I agree. So yeah, <laughs> people are like, how did we get here? Hey, this is a conversation. This, this is what we do. But, but I think the only way to, I guess, to make a full circle, the only way someone can get out of this addiction of pornography or addiction of low self-esteem or this addiction of always putting yourself down or always comparing yourself is through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the only way you can try to do it and you probably success for three months, maybe six months. You're going to fail. Then you're going to go even deeper. So <laughs> ask the Holy Spirit to come in and fix, fix my life. <laughs> like Holy Spirit, fix my life. This is that TV show, uh, Yolanda, uh, fix my life. <laughs> you just, just take that out. This Holy Spirit, <laughs> fix my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because if it were just all up to us <laughs> to fix our own lives, I mean, we'd be, you know, living back in the Old Testament days before Jesus and like <laughs> be really adhering to or abiding by like the the commandments on the tablets. And Jesus promises us that he'll take those same commandments and the law of God and write it on our hearts. 
And that's the transformation of the Holy Spirit. It has to be an internal transformation because if not, we're, we're not going to, we're going to be striving for nothing. And at the end of the day, you're just going to give up on yourself and be like, it's never going to happen. So the Holy Spirit has to be, has to be invited into that space. Has to, because it's impossible with us. That is so good, Stephanie. So we, we talk about the evil working that is going against children, but people don't know this about you. Maybe they do know this about you, Stephanie. You just have a heart for missionary and you have a heart for children. So my question is, did you always have a heart to do missionary work, especially like with little kids? No, I did not. <laughs> I, <laughs> I am living a life that I never thought I would ever live. <laughs> you want to know why? Because you let the Holy Spirit take over. <laughs> Amen. Jesus came into my life and totally changed it. <laughs> um, yeah, my life is a like a total 180 from what I ever imagined it or from what I was living back when I was, you know, in my 20s and, and, and previous to that. Um, and yeah, I, I never, <laughs> I laugh at it now only because I'm amazed at the, the work that God can do in each of our lives if we allow him to and and the type of passion that he can really um, stir up inside of us that we never thought was there so I I've always loved children that I will say as a little girl I was obsessed with babies I loved them so much I <laughs> I just I love being around them um but missionary didn't work did not come into my life until 2017 when I went on my first missions trip now that year was a very interesting year for me because I had just come out of 2016, like we all did. And for me, 2016, it was as like all hell kind of broke loose in my life, in different areas of my life, every area of my life, actually. And 2017, I started the year and I said, God, I cannot make my own choices because I always make the wrong choices. So I'm, I'm letting you take the lead with everything. I gave you my heart completely with, with everything in my life. And I said, so just lead me, just lead me. And, and I want to hear you more. And so that year he said to me, I want you to do the things that you would never consider yourself and that you would be afraid to do. And one of the things was, well, one running the Chicago marathon for world division that's something I never had it on a bucket list. I didn't even have a bucket list. I don't think I still don't have a bucket list, <laughs> but I never had it on my bucket list. It was, I'm not a person that does that. That's just like, that's not in my nature. Um, I am a runner now though. I will say that, but that, and along with that, it was Thailand came up at our church and I thought, well, what is this, right? So I went to the interest meeting and I saw they were working with orphans and they were working with, um, they, they built Bible schools and, you know, doing, uh, uh, you know, evangelism out there and humanitarian work. And it's so interesting because the previous year, I remember I was going through such heartache and I said to the Lord, God, I just wish I could go out to the other side of the world 
and just focus and do like humanitarian work and just focus on you, Lord, and focus on everything that actually matters <laughs> as opposed to what's hurting my heart right now. Because I thought there's so much bigger out there and I'm focusing so much on my heartache that it's taking away my peace and my joy and taking away my focus on what actually matters to you, God. And I, I just remember picturing myself out there and with children and just like doing things that were fulfilling. And then the next year, Thailand comes around. And as, as soon as I saw orphans, I was like, I'm in, I gotta do this. And God provided the whole way financially through different people who donated to me. Um, that was a hallelujah moment. And I got there and I, I was working with Empower International, founded by Julie and Todd Powers. They do amazing work out in Thailand, Myanmar, Pakistan. And we were out in Thailand and Myanmar. And we were at one point in this, it, it looked kind of like a summer camp. There was cabins everywhere, it's big space. And we're just learning about this woman who name was, her name was Lana and her organization was Impact International. And she had all these children that she rescued from sex slavery and trafficking. And they each had their homes, those cabins were their homes. And they each had a set of a, like a mom and dad because they wanted to show them what healthy parenting is, what a healthy home, home life is, what a healthy family looks like. And it's all centered around Jesus. And so I remember in that moment, I just thought, God, if this is what you want me to do for the rest of my life, I'm in. Like, take me anywhere that you want me to be. And I'm like, and Thailand is, it just felt like home for me when I stepped out there. And for the first time ever, I had never traveled overseas. I was always so scared of that. And, um, and I was there and I, it was the most fulfilling thing I had ever experienced in my life. Um, and I just knew, I'm like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And the children, they just brought so much joy and you know, love is, is a global language. So I might, I might not have known how to communicate with them, but uh, they knew that I loved them and they knew that I was there for them. And that I had traveled, uh, God, how many miles, 8,000 miles? I don't even know, probably wrong. Don't quote me on that. Um, so many miles. Far, far away. Far, far, far away. Far away. <laughs> to come and see them and spend time with them and know more about them and their life and see what their home was. And, and that means a lot for people. Um, and so after that, I went the, the following year to Peru where I worked with Arambargo Ministries out there. That was incredible. And then I went back to Thailand in 2019 and hoping for 2022 Thailand. Um, I love Empower International. I love what they do out there. Uh, it's my heart is there. Um, it's been there since 2017, and I I'm just excited to see just everything that God is doing and will continue to do. Um, especially the more I get involved in it, um, because that's that's my passion. That's that's something that was inside of my heart. I didn't even know I wanted to do something like that until I, I did it. And I just said yes, not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing what I was going to experience or get involved with. 
not knowing how I was going to come back. I just said, yes, because I knew God is just like, this is what I want you to do. And he was providing and he was, you know, opening doors for it. And I never knew how much that would change my life. Yeah. That is, that is so good. Um, I wish I had a, a similar story because for me, 2020 was, you know, a year of reflection, year of everything. And I just came to realization, like what Jesus did on the cross and everything like that. Even though I knew the knowledge, but the revelation was made clear to me. And I just came to myself like, Jesus, if you want me to, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. If you want me to go to Iraq, Afghanistan, wherever you want me to go, I would just go. Because when you think about it, the longest distance ever traveled was not yours, even though it was very, very far away, was Jesus from heaven to earth. So if Jesus is able to travel from heaven to earth, I can travel wherever he wants me to go to spread his gospel. You know what I mean? So I, I love how 2017 you had, and, and it, it, it wasn't a one-off for you. It's not like you went and then that was it. No, you kept going. And honestly, if it wasn't for the pandemic, you probably would have gone in 2020. You probably would have gone in 2021. But the pandemic, you know, had everybody s- s- slow down a little bit. <laughs> but I just love that. And I, I love how, you know, this past couple of weeks you've been promoting, let's, let's buy a gift or a Christmas party for the children. Is that still going on? Oh, yeah. So when is the deadline? So there are 14 days left. So there's two more weeks left. So two more weeks? A, yeah, a week after after Christmas. Awesome. So yeah. what I'm going to... Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say 80% has been raised. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. Um, they're at uh, almost $20,000. Wow. We're getting to $25,000 to provide children in Pakistan, Myanmar, and Thailand, um, they're trying to provide over a thousand children, uh, a Christmas party, Christmas gifts. A lot of these children will, it'll be their first time hearing about Jesus and the gospel. It'll be the first time even receiving a Christmas gift and knowing that God loves them. So it's a big, it's a big thing. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to put the link in the description box below since we have 14 more days. So click on it. It's like $25, right? $25 to sponsor a child. Yeah. So for one child, you can do more if you'd like. 100% of that goes to the child. All right. So just know that I'm going to sponsor a child. Stephanie probably already sponsored like 10 childs because that's her heart. 10 (laughs) childs. 10 children because that's her heart. So join join in the fun. Let's make Christmas incredible for someone who's not in your country. Let's just make these children who are very near and dear to Jesus, let them know about Jesus through the sponsoring a child for $25 or 50 or 75 or you want a ball. Hey, put out the 200, you know, because you're just sowing seeds for the kingdom of God. Yeah. They would, the children, you have to think of the children. <laughs> yeah, they would be so thrilled. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Is there anything you want to add to that part about your heart for missionary work, or you want to go to the next question? Um, I would say that, yeah, definitely. If you are not a person who feels called to go, be a sender support the missionaries around you that are doing the God that are you know doing God's work out there I know we're all called to different things but support in any way that you can whether it's financially um, prayer wise as well um, encouragement all of that and just advocate for them and support them because missionary work doesn't get as much attention as it should so, Stephanie, my next question to you is, how do you ensure that you don't experience burnout? Because as you talked about before, um, missionary work, 
when you send yourself, you send all of you. You just don't send part of you. You send all of you. And I know that you're involved in church. I know you're involved in your own personal life. So how does a person ensure that they don't experience burnout? Or if you're, you've been through burnout, how did you navigate your way out of being burnt out? Yeah, that's a great question. Definitely one I'm still, I'm still learning about. And I've, I've realized in my own personal life that burnout and recovering from burnout isn't like a linear thing. It's kind of like this up and down <laughs> kind of thing. I've had seasons where um, I'm doing everything all at once. And, and it's just a constant back to back, back to back kind of everyday life. And I realize that in those seasons that I do that, it's really hard for me to like fully like focus on um, just like my intimate moments with Jesus. Cause I really believe that he is the fountain of everything that we could ever need or want. So when I'm lacking peace or when I'm lacking wisdom, when I'm lacking rest, I know it's because I'm might not be doing what I need to be doing in order to get that from him. And I'm focusing too much on all the things that I Stephanie can do and get done. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like burnout, um, it's, it definitely comes from just that, that lack of self-care, that lack of spiritual self-care as well too. Um, and, and there have been times where I've recovered from it and I'm like, everything is good. I feel more balanced and everything. And then all of a sudden I find myself in it again. But in those moments that I find myself in it again, it's like this kind of reset with Jesus where it's like, okay, what can I do uh, to, to not only recover from this, but learn from this as well. And balance is super important. I think I, I've learned that saying no is okay. Uh, there are different ways to say no to people, whether they're close to me or maybe are my leaders, um, that it's okay to set boundaries with yourself. And even boundaries in your closest, per most personal relationships is really important to have both with men and with women. Um, and, and it's okay to do that. You don't have to apologize for it. I feel like, I don't know, from a women, woman's perspective, I feel like you apologize for everything. <laughs> Um, especially when it comes to setting boundaries and saying no to other people, but it's okay to do that. You don't have to apologize for taking care of yourself. You don't have to apologize for um, creating space where you can take care of you and be by yourself with Jesus. Cause you need, you need that time, you know, you need the time to just be able to like, not have something so pressing to do. Um, and, and it's okay, you know, I think we live in a world where it's like, we have to constantly be product, productive all the time, all the time with everything. If we're not doing something, we're doing something wrong. Um, but it's okay sometimes to just like chill, just chill. I don't have to get everything done in one day. I, I don't have to feel like a failure if I don't, you know, if somebody asks me, how's your life going? It's just like, you know, most people wanna answer and like, oh, busy, 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 you know, always 
but but it's good but it's good but it's like really but is it really good (laughs) are you sure it's really good maybe it feels really good now and then at the end of the week you're just like this is like really really bad um but I think creating those boundaries for myself and and knowing that it's healthy that it's okay has been really good um I know like specifically with like church burnout that's very difficult um it's been a difficult process and it's just been a difficult thing to learn um, that I can say no to things and not feel like a really bad Christian or feel like, oh, now people's expectations of me are like lowered or they don't trust me. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we do everything for God and with God in our relationship with him, we don't have to strive to be the best person or to be, you know, um, to be, even perfect at everything um but instead like we can just be ourselves and even at our worst he loves us just as much as you know on our best days um and I think that it's okay to reflect that into your relationships you know in in this life right um with people um in in your work at, at your church and um And yeah, but I think it's like a constant resetting, but you just kind of like, I don't know, I feel like I learn and I take away so much um, when I, I fail in, in, in burning out or not in burning out, but like keeping myself from burning out. I, um, God's grace is there to like catch me. He's kind of like this holy like safety net <laughs> that I can like fall back into whenever I do fall. Well, that, that is so good because, you know, the, the title is Vessels for God. And there's a saying that, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. So let me switch it up. You can't pour from an empty vessel. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why people get burnt out. And then, you know, especially, you know, you lead team, I lead team. They, they you have those people that they're going to be on fire the first three months. And then you don't hear from them for like the next six months. You're like, what happened? <laughs> like, like, what happened to them? It's because I believe they weren't refreshing themselves. They weren't re- rejuvenating themselves in the presence of the Lord. Because I think the Lord in the presence of Jesus, we have no, no hidden agenda, no motives. He's just like, I just want to be in the presence of Jesus. That will help you fill yourself up so you can pour from what God has given you. Mm-hmm. 100%. And Right now I have the image, listen, I don't, I don't know anything about cars really. <laughs> what I do know is the image of like, you know, when your brakes start to like go out <clears throat> and, or even just like with wheels that are turning, um, there needs to be like some sort of lubrication, some sort of like brake fluid or whatever, um, or, or some kind of padding or something in order for, um for things to like work the way that they should work but there there needs to be like the holy spirit and that refilling um because if not we're just we're like lost people in a desert trying to look for water and um and i think that you know um if if you go into everything that you do based on all of your gifts and your talents and what you can do, you're going to fail eventually because 
that's not how we're meant to live our lives. <clears throat> and that's why people get into that place. But if we do it knowing who we're doing it for, who our audience is, which is Jesus and God, right? What, what pleases him and not trying to please other people um, and what our, our why is, then we can go into everything that God has called us to full and ready, um, full and ready. And so, you know, it's hard for him to like really be able to do everything that he can inside of us if we are like not filled with his Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. You go into it completely depleted already and worn out. Then you get frustrated. And you get frustrated, yeah. And then you think too much about other people's opinions about you. And you start doing things for other people as opposed to doing it for God. And you forget why you're there and you forget what you're there for. Um, and you just, you lose just the perspective. That is so true and that's so good. But what I realize is sometimes why people burn out is because they were so busy trying to reach perfection. So my next question to you is, how do you resist the temptation to be perfect in everything you do? Oh, um, that's really hard. <laughs> that That's hard sometimes for me because I can be very critical with myself. <clears throat> and I do like to see things a certain way when I especially when I'm trying I'm the person behind it and the person creating something or I'm the person you know uh, facilitating or coordinating or something it's it's difficult for me to to not strive for perfection and I think that's just like how my mind has been wired but God is like trying to break that and release me from it because then what I start to do is I, if I'm working in a team, I then expect perfection from them. And if things don't look a certain way, I get very anal about it. And I it like can inside like just fluster me and stress me out where it's just like that doesn't need to happen. Right. So I've, I'm learning to release what I can't control. Um and just let it go, let, just let it go. And there's such a relief that comes from it. And uh, I, I just, I'm like, okay, let, let, that's okay if it's not perfect. That's okay if that person didn't do it the way that I envisioned it, not to your standards or your, you know, your perfected standards that people aren't gonna think less of you. Because at the end of the day, it's like, how are people gonna see me, right? Um, and, and we have to, I have, I have to let go of that and just be like, that's okay. Like people are going to see me the way that, you know, and, and sometimes I'm, I'm just gonna, you know, I think I'm being too hard on myself and other people aren't even going to notice certain things. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just, it's releasing the control. And with that, I release any stress and any pressure that I put on myself um, first and foremost. And if, if you can get through um, with me helping on your team, I think you can get through anything because I'm using like a free flow or like, I, I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> you do. <laughs> sometimes you give me those mob looks like. 
<laughs> I was like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'll collect the buckets. <laughs> I know. Oh, gosh. I, I am like that. Yeah. I think that comes from my mother. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> but, but I've gotten better. <laughs> I think sometimes it's okay to be... <laughs> to just guide people when they need guidance like sometimes you need guidance <laughs> in those yeah. and I just come along to kind of like you know get you going um when I disregard that couple of you like you better <laughs> <laughs> I know I <laughs> don't let me hit you with this bucket right now <laughs> I know I but I am so sweet about it <laughs> you are you like Ed but like the Ed has like a little stern to like, Ed, don't let me. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I appreciate your help. Because <laughs> you don't have to, but you do. You lend a helping hand whenever you can. And I appreciate that more than any kind of perfection. At the end of the day, things are going to get done the way that they're going to get done. And if they don't, it's not the end of the world. And we can all just breathe. <laughs> really and I think that's a good way to look at it is like we have to value the team over perfection yeah and then say it was just you you have to value the team work the team of you and the Holy Spirit the team of you and Jesus instead of being perfect because only one man was perfect and his name was Jesus so if he brings perfection to the table why do I have to bring perfection to the table and I'm not saying that you can go live a whole ratchet life I'm not saying that you can live a life uh, beneath the calling God has given you. No, 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 no. I'm saying that you don't have to be perfect to receive salvation. After salvation, there is a sanctification process that with the Holy Spirit, that will he will help you go through that. But you don't have to be perfect to approach God. And I heard the same one time, and I love it. It's, it's said that you don't have to behave before you believe. When you start believing in Jesus, he will start transforming your heart. And out of your hearts, that's where your habits come from. So he was transforming your heart, your habits would be changed and people who might have a cussing problem. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He starts to transform your heart. You start speaking wholesome words. But the thing is, everybody's like, I got to modify my behavior. If you can modify your behavior, we won't need Jesus. But that's why, that's why you're like, Jesus, here's my heart. You know what's, you know what's wrong with it. Please do what you can do and do what you want to do in my life. Amen. I, I 100% agree with that. Ed. Um, it, it's, yeah, at the end of the day, it's really allowing him to work in us. And because then, you know, glory goes to us and our, our gifts and our talents and our abilities and our organization skills and our speaking skills and our, you know, all of that and, and nothing is given to God. And so now we become more like people of the world that really, um, based their, their um, I guess, monumental achievements on their own work, as opposed to um, what God has done, you know, um, what, what God has gifted them with. And so we always want to stay humble. And in order to stay humble, we have to remember that we can't do anything without God. And if I'm trying to strive for perfection all the time, really, I'm just, I'm just, um, I'm trying to base it off of my own, my own works and not what he can do through me, but what I can do and how people can acknowledge me 
in my greatness and um and it's just such a twisted thing and and you know the enemy wants to come in and in into the church and into you know christian minds and um and he wants to really even take what we the habits that we've learned through the secular world and you know put them into the christian world and so now we're not trying to be perfect um entrepreneurs or philanthropists or business people but now we're trying to be perfect christians and everything per perfect in their ministry and and all that and it's just so twisted and that's not what god called that's the life the life god has called us to the more that we yeah, the more that we depend on him, the stronger that we are, the wiser that we are, and the deeper in intimacy we can be with him, um, just to know him more and to know ourselves more, and really just give him all the credit and all the glory, because um, he deserves it. He really does. That is so good, and there's so many people that won't start because their season is not perfect. And like in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse four, it says, where there's some things you can't be sure of, you must take a chance. If you wait for perfect weather, you will never plant your seeds. If you're afraid that every cloud will bring rain, you will never harvest your crops. So sometimes we just have to obey God on a maybe. Sometimes we got to take that next step on a maybe. Sometimes you got to serve on a maybe. Sometimes you might have to take a rest, take a step back. Because sometimes everybody think, it takes faith to take a step forward. It takes more faith to take a step back. Maybe God will tell you that you shouldn't lead in this season. Maybe you shouldn't lead a life group this season. Maybe you should just focus on yourself because like what we said before, it's hard for you to pour out of an empty vessel. So maybe God's like, you need a season to rest. You need a season to get restored because there's a saying that hurt people hurt people. You can't lead people if you're hurt. You can, but then the people that is following you, they, can, they have a higher chance of getting hurt. So I think sometimes you just got to take back and get delivered from the spirit of perfection because you're not going to be per perfect. And once people realize that, I think people will start living more free lives. Mm -hmm. That's good. I like that. Anything else you want to add before we go to the last question? Um, I don't think so. I think you wrapped that up pretty nicely. <laughs> All right. So my last question to you is, as we said, the whole title is being a vessel for God. So as a vessel for God, how do you continue to be a holy, to be in a holy covenant with God? Um, transparent communication. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. Not the only thing, but it's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, <clears throat> I think one thing that, you know, he's been revealing to me over the past few years is just his, his relationship and his position in my life and, um, and knowing and learning like, God, oh, I, I have to honor my covenant with you. Like, I don't have to, I, I get to, but it's a priority in my life. Um, especially as a single woman, um, is honoring God as my husband. And what does that really look like, right? Um, I don't know how to be a wife. I've never been a wife before. So the best way to learn that, though, is through my relationship with the Lord. And um, 
for me, Holy Covenant with him, it's so sacred. And I think there has to be such a big, um, just feeling of respect, right? And, and adoration. And so with him, in being in an intimate relationship with him, I believe that like, I have, to, I, I'm learning that I, I, I can be completely transparent in my communication with him. So that means not just talking to him about the good things, but really talking to him about the things that are not so pretty, that are not so, um, just don't sound very nice. At times I'm very aggravated with him. I am very frustrated. Sometimes I don't understand what he's doing. Sometimes I'm, I'm tired. I feel exhausted. I feel like, you know, are you listening to me? Do you care about me? And I've learned that in those times, I don't have to hold back in my conversation with him. I can actually bring it to him because he can handle it. He already knows, you know, he already knows. And so I think one, one thing that I'm learning in my just, you know, relationships on earth is communication is so, so important especially developing intimacy with people um, and an understanding and to, to really fully love people in every season. And so in every season um, that I have with God, communicating with him, especially during the bad seasons is like, it keeps me in that intimate space, you know, and it keeps him in that intimate space with me, right? Because the Holy Covenant is, it's, it's, it's forever binding. Um, and it's one that you don't have with every single person. And so with him, it's being able to bring that to the table and knowing that no matter what I share with him, he's still going to love me unconditionally, even if I doubt him, or even if I like, don't fully trust him, he's going to continue to, he's going to listen to me, but then he's going to prove his faithfulness to me afterwards too. Um, but it, it just, I, for me, it creates a very healthy um, relationship with him. And also knowing that my feelings are valid, that my thoughts are valid, that they deserve to be heard. And then I can speak them to him. Um, I think it's something that he's encouraging me. And, but just not only with communication, but it's just one thing that I like to practice. And sometimes I'm not the best at it, but he always reminds me. He always takes me back to like the beginnings when I first started developing a relationship with Jesus, but it's, um, it's taking him everywhere I go. Right. And it's acknowledging his presence in every space of my life. Um, especially for those of us who feel like, Oh, I have so much going on. Like I can't create space for, for, you know, an intimate moment with God. Um, but you can take him in every, every, into every space of your life. And so doing that, um, and, you know, even, even through repentance, honestly, I feel like is a way to honor my holy covenant with God, um, repenting, humbling myself, knowing that even though I don't understand his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. He sees things that I don't see. Um, he protects me from things that I, I have no idea are around the corner or I'm in danger of. Um, and so repenting and, and, 
um, because, you know, I'm, I'm still a human being and my heart is still filled with, um, I'm, I'm sure like selfish desires of my own and even selfish motives and stuff. And so I know there are things that I feel or sometimes that I think or say that aren't very much aligned with the word of God or um, the character of God. And repenting for that is, is really important. It's not just repenting for like, oh, you know, sinful behavior, but it's repenting for the, again, like the selfishness, the the misaligned desires, the fear um, that I feel, the doubt that I have, you know, in my relationship with him and trusting him. Um, and so with, I think that in a way, like in a big way, it honors him and it, and it kind of like, it highlights his position and his greatness in my life um, in the reasons why I submit my life to him. Um, it's, it's such a good reminder. Um, but yeah, I think being in Holy Covenant is just, it's, it's about respect. It's about submission. It's, it's about acknowledgement, um, in doing all the things that, that you would in, in the perfect marriage, you would want to be done to you and you would want to give to that person, right? Um, clearly there is no such thing as a perfect marriage here on earth. The only perfect marriage that you're going to experience is one that you have with God. Um, so it's pouring all that, all of my expectations to in marriage, I think like sowing that, or yeah, like giving that all to God and, and, and expecting that from him as opposed to a person has been really um, life-changing for me in my relationship with him. Um, yeah. I don't even know if I answered the question. Did I? Oh, you did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> that that was so good. And I just want to, because it seemed like you were gearing it towards women. And I know w women is your calling. You got a whole podcast about women empowerment. So <laughs> the men, you can apply everything. You can, because remember we were talking about offline, how like some people can misconstrue the word submission because the guys are dealing with insecurity. Take that insecurity to Jesus. Take that rejection to Jesus. If you're bullied as a kid, take that to Jesus. Like, like Stephanie said, he, he can handle your feelings. He already knows what you're thinking. So might as well, oh, you're frustrated because you didn't get a promotion. You take that frustration to Jesus. You're confused because you thought you'd be somewhere else at this point. Take that confusion to Jesus and submit to his will. At the end of the day, Jesus will have the final say. So submit yourself to his will. A acknowledge him. Revere him. Um, respect him because he is the Lord <laughs> of lords he is the king of kings he is the one who died for your sins so the least we could do is respect him and give him all the honor glory and thanksgiving that's the least we could do and i love how stephanie said i love how you said um we don't have to be in a covenant with him we get to be in a covenant with him and at the end of the day it was it was god the father's choice to send out his son jesus it was jesus choice to get on that cross now it's our choice to choose him back he chose us first. Now it's our choice to choose him back. And I just love how, how this mighty God, the creator of the universe, the person who spoke and it was, gives us a choice to choose him. Yeah. And what type of love is that? Like there's no unparalleled love that like someone so powerful still give people choice. And yeah, and 
food. Yeah, that's so good, Ed. Um, that's so that's crazy that you said that because God is is, is a God of, of freedom. You know, he he, and even like you said, in, in our choices, we have the freedom to choose to love him and follow him in every season of our lives, especially in the seasons where you don't hear him or feel him as much. We get, you know, we have the privilege to choose. Um, and, you know, I think at the end of the day, he really knows our hearts and he knows where every single insecurity comes from. And when we bring that to him, like you said earlier, it's, you know, he brings it up for a reason and it's to acknowledge and to, 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 to give it to him. And, and he knows where the root cause is and he knows exactly where to heal, heal it. That's why he wants it, but he wants us to acknowledge it and to give it to him because there are things hidden in our hearts that we have, we don't know are there still or have ever been there. Um, but yeah, he, he gives us the, the, the choice to be able to choose him the way that he, he chooses us. And that's the beautiful thing about God is that he makes vows to us, um, to be faithful to us, even when we're not faithful to him, even when we don't, you know, show him as much love, like he vows to love us and to chase after us and to pursue us. Like he's, his hand, his arm is never too short to, um, to save us. Um, and, and a beautiful revelation of the cross too, um, that I feel like I've been, you know, I've been getting lately is that really no matter what happens in your life or what, no matter what doesn't happen in your life is Jesus took every single sin and every single pain and, and sacrifice you know, and he, he did it all so that we could have everlasting life. And if nothing else comes to pass in your life, that is the ultimate promise that we get to inherit. And I think when you get to those moments, and, and I think there could be a new revelation of the cross in everyone's life in every season that they're, you know, that they're, they go through. Um, that is when true joy and contentment and peace can come through extremely difficult times, extremely difficult. That's what the cross is there for, you know, it, it, it's there to, to show us and to reveal to us that even if not, you know, like Jesus is enough because he bore it all for us to be in holy covenant with God. And without him, we wouldn't be able to do that. Um, but every, every single sting of like embarrassment and shame and, and, um, and just hate thrown at us or betrayal thrown at us or just any hurt or pain it's like nobody knows that more than Jesus, nobody. And if he, he can go through that and come out of it completely new, we can do the same thing through him. We can do that. And so there's nothing that, that, he, that we get put through that 
the Lord cannot lead us through. That is, that is so good. So Stephanie, thank you for coming on. Any um, last encouragement and advice for people watching or listening? Um, well, first, thank you for having me. Honored, honored Ed. Um, I think, I think the, the, the word of advice that I would give people, especially in the, in the years that we've been living in with everything happening. Um, I think one thing that the Lord wants us to all really focus on is, is not on just what's in front of us and what's hurting us or what's not happening for us, but really get a bigger perspective, you know, focus on the bigger things, focus on the kingdom things and everything else is going to fall into place. And the more you focus on Jesus, the less you're worried about what's happening in your life, the less you're worried about your future, the less you're worried about your past and eventually everything else is going to fall into place and it'll be in order and it'll be perfect and it'll be beautiful in its timing. And so don't, don't get discouraged. Um, don't stop sewing into it, whatever he feel, you know, he, you feel that he's spoken into your life, you know, a promise or promises that he's made, continue to sow into it. And soon you're going to reap the harvest of it eventually you'll reap it. But in the meantime, enjoy Jesus for who he is right now. Enjoy Jesus for, um, for everything that he's done for you, for everything that he, he's going to do for you. Accept all the promises, even if you feel like a foolish person, because <laughs> nothing is like going, you know, the way that you think it's going to go. But accept them all now and declare them all now and focus on the bigger things right now. And then eventually that time will come and you'll reap the, the harvest of that. Um, that'll, and that'll pull you through, give you strength. It'll give you wisdom and it'll give you a lot of peace and joy um, that, you know, makes you qu question your own sanity. But that's the Holy Spirit for you. So <laughs> that's my piece of advice and encouragement. <laughs> that was so good. Um, thank you once again for coming on. And telling us and showing us practical ways how to be vessels for God. But before we end episode 35 of Saturday Conversations, we want to get to know you a little bit better through a game called This or That. So the way it works, I give you two options. There's five sections. I already made my guesses. Um, if, I, if I get above three, it means I know you pretty well. I hope I know you pretty well because I know you over two years. Um, but if I get below three, it means we need to hang out a little bit more. So whenever you're ready, let me know. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Esther or Mary, the mother of Jesus? Um, I think I know which one you'll probably guess, but. This is about you, not me. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. So do I just say it? Yeah, you, you say it. Okay, Mary. Okay. So flowers or chocolate? Oh, <laughs> chocolate okay early bird or night owl oh Ooh, night owl okay. miami or la miami. if you had to move there miami okay um skittles or m&ms 
M&Ms. All right, all right. <laughs> I got three out of five. I is, is that limbo? Don't know what to do with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I picked Esther and Flowers. Mm -hmm. But hey, it is what it is. <laughs> Did you think I was going to pick Esther or do you think I was going to pick Mary? No, I thought you were going to pick Esther because, I mean, I have it in my Instagram bio. But I've been relating to Mary much more. <laughs> Mary should switch it to like Luke. <laughs> whatever you want, whatever you say. I was <laughs> yeah. And I thought you picked flowers. You seem like a flower type person, but. I love flowers. I really do. However, <laughs> I have a really big sweet tooth. So in okay. chocolate. Makes sense. So three, I don't know what three is. We still gonna <laughs> hang out. It is what it is. <laughs> so before we end, I always ask people who come on the podcast to pray us out. So do you mind praying for us? Yeah, of course. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this moment, God. I thank you for your son, Ed, Lord. I thank you for everything you poured into him and you continue to pour into him, Father. Um, allow him to continue to just empty himself so that he can be your vessel, God, and really do mighty works. I know that this is just the beginning of extraordinary things that you're going to do through him, God. And I thank you for his faithfulness. I thank you for his diligence, Lord. Um, and I just thank you that even in the times where he... Um, doesn't feel like he has much to give or maybe questions himself, Lord, that you are there to encourage him and to continue to see him through it, Lord. So I thank you because many lives um, are transforming through this and a lot of people are call being called to, to you, Christ. And God, I thank you for every person that is listening, every person that is listening right now or later, Lord, whenever the time is, God, we know that it is the right and appointed time for them to hear this mes message, Lord. And I just ask that you continue to encourage them and be um, their guiding light in life, Lord. Anytime that they feel discouraged or like the enemy is just um, attacking them, God, I pray that you come in and you just charge your angels around them to uplift them, Lord, to remind them, God, of your goodness and your faithfulness, God, and to not let them give up, Lord, but continue to fight the good fight and to know that every battle they face is already won, Lord. I pray a protection over them, over their lives, over their families, Lord, over their future families, Father God. And I just pray that generations of kingdom builders um, are going to just continue to evolve, God. We pray and declare that generational curses will be broken in the name of Jesus, Lord, and that every satanic attack is, is bound in the name of Jesus as well, God. Um, and I just pray that your light just continue to um, just surround them and protect them, Lord, and just really guide them to the places that are higher where you're at, God. Um, protect them emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, Lord, and just guard them in every single way. May they continue to be the men and the women that you have called them to be, Lord, um, and continue to sharpen them, Lord, bring the right people in their lives, the right opportunities, and um, may your Holy Spirit just lead them in everything that they do. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 
Amen. So let me just pray for you. Then we end the episode. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your daughter. We thank you for what a mighty woman of God she is. We thank you for the calling and purpose that you place in her. We ask you, Lord, that you continue to direct her steps. We ask you, Lord, that you continue to order her steps in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We ask you, Lord, that you continue to be the lifter of her head in, my, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We ask you, Lord, that you continue to do that continual transformation in her heart. We, we pray that as she's going out, which as she, you have called her to the world, oh Lord, we pray that you continue to lead her in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We pray that you continue to be with her, guide and protect her. We ask you, Lord, that if there's any discouragement that the enemy is whispering in her ear, oh Lord, continue to remind her of the promises you have already given her. We give you the honor, glory, and thanksgiving, Jesus. We thank you for your daughter. We thank you for what you've done in her life. We thank you for what you're doing in her life, and we thank you for what you're going to do in her life. We give you the honor, glory, and thanksgiving. We say, blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. So thank you for tuning in to episode 35 of Saturday Conversations. Stephanie, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at stephbusta1. That's the number one. You can find me on YouTube, stephbusta. You can find me um, at City Church, <laughs> Chicago. And you can actually find me, I have a podcast. Um, it's called PD by God. And it's on Spotify, it's on Apple Music, um, and other platforms that I just, I don't know about. I just, there's there's so many other platforms, but Spotify and Apple are the most known and used. I'll put all of Stephanie's information in the description box below. The 10,000 things that she couldn't remember. <laughs> I'll put it all in the description box. <laughs> Stephanie, once again, thank you for coming on. This is an honor to have you on the last podcast for the year 2021. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule. Thank you for just being on and being authentically you. I appreciate that about you. Um, I'm glad to call you sister, you know, <laughs> sister in Christ. So I'm excited for, for what God has done. I'm excited for what God is doing. And I'm expecting for what God is going to do in your life. And I just want to tell you right now that the best is yet to come in your life in Jesus' mighty name. And I'm just, I'm when you write the book, <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Yeah, everybody, everybody saw it. It's all on the internet now. When you write the book, I better get a book signed by you. I'll pay for it. I just want it signed by you. All right. <laughs> Thanks for reassuring me of that. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So everyone, join the conversation in the comment section below. Tell us what part of the conversation stood out to you. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell. I upload every Saturday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. However, as I said before, this is the last Saturday conversation for the year 2021. We will be back with new conversations starting January 8th, 2022. I can't believe we're about to enter 2022. So get ready. I just want to say a special thank you to everyone who's, who's been rocking with me since the beginning, since April, and all the wonderful guests I've had so far. So thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. Have a wonderful Christmas. Have a wonderful new year. If you have any prayer requests, put in the comment section below. I love you. God bless you. And I'll see you next time.